Hi, everyone. Tom Rogers here, Director of Teachers Talk Radio. Thanks very much for tuning in and listening to this show. This show is sponsored and supported by Witherslack Group, Collins Big Cat, and by Renaissance. We can't be more excited to be sponsored by these fantastic companies. Please check them out on their websites, which are available through our website at ttradio.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio, our latest Teachers Talk Radio space. Uh, This time we have uh, our amazing host, Martin Robinson, otherwise known as Trivium. Uh, Trivium 21C, to be be more precise, who is going to be hosting this space with us this morning. Uh, Tom Hopkins-Burke, I want to thank him in advance, who's running the administration. I'm only here really to do a little bit of an intro for Martin, just to uh, explain to you what's going to happen in the space. Um, Obviously in a Twitter space, and I know Martin wants to encourage people to call in in the space. So if you want to call in, all you have to do is request uh, hit that little button in the bottom left hand side that says request to speak and you can speak at any time speak to martin engage with martin get involved in the chat um the other thing you can do is on the bottom right uh, there's a little blue icon with a plus sign in it uh, you can hit that and then you can actually tweet the space and share it out uh and tell everybody that we are that we are doing this um before i hand over to martin uh just a word for one of our sponsors on Teachers Talk Radio with, with the Slack group. Uh, with the Slack group are a leading provider of special ed- specialist education in the UK. Uh, they also have a webinar coming up. If you want to find more out about that webinar, I know that Tom is going to pin the information for that webinar into the space. So if you want to refer to it at any point during today, it's there now. Uh, do check that out if you are involved in specialist education at all and you want to find out more. Um, right. Uh, Martin, are you there? I am here. Can you Good hear morning. me? I can hear you perfectly clearly. Um, I good, am going to hand over to you now to let you do your own introduction and maybe tell everybody what you want to talk about today and share some of your own uh, thoughts. Tom, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank Legend. you very much for Letting me Legend. do this, and um, welcome to a special Valentine's Day <laughs> edition of whatever this might be. And um, I think I see there are thousands, thousands, but thousands of people joining to have a good old chin wag. And this is open to you, really. And um, I'd like to hear because it's Valentine's Day. It's about love, isn't it? So I'd like to hear what you have to say about. What you love, perhaps, about your job, what you love about teaching or what you love teaching the most, perhaps. What what topic or subject or even stage do you love teaching the most? Or perhaps looking back in the past, what moment in the classroom have you most cherished over time? And uh, perhaps, or a bit more scandalous here, and perhaps not so scandalous, I don't know, staff room romances. Do you um, know of any? Have you been involved in any? And uh, obviously, if you're talking about other people, we don't want to know their names because uh, problems could occur. Now, I've got no idea how to take on anyone who uh, wishes to talk. But uh, if you have anything to say about any of those topics, please do add something to the discussion. Um, and as I can say, there are so many thousands of you out there. It'd be good to hear what you have to say. So what do you love about teaching? Going into a classroom, perhaps on an early misty morning on a Monday or something like that. Um, sure. Anyway, do you want me to start, Mike? I, I can hear you. I can hear someone out there. I've got no idea how to stop someone speaking or to invite. Someone you don't need to. to speak. You don't. You don't need to worry about that. We're doing all of that, so you don't need to. You don't That's need to good. worry about the thing. You can just talk. Um, but I'll. I'll start with what I love about teaching. I love the the buzz of being in the classroom and uh, you know closing the classroom door and just being in that zone with the kids and. 
Um, I love it when you get to the end of a lesson and you think that was a really good lesson and the kids know it was a good lesson and they, you know, they, they, they've learned a lot and yeah, it's just, a, a, a there's very few buzzes that are like that. You know, that's why teaching is unique in that sense. It's, do, you, do you get that buzz every time or is it, yeah. is it a rare thing? Is, is this love rare or, a, or a, an often happening? Event? Oh, well, no, because most of my lessons are crap, Martin. So it's not, <laughs> I'm not going to get it that often. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, when it does happen, it's uh, it, it definitely. And, and I, I don't think I don't think that experience matters in terms of feeling that buzz about a lesson that's gone well. Um, I think it doesn't matter how many years of experience you've got. I think you can kind of uh, feel that at any point. Yeah, there's a certain fulfillment that comes out of teaching that is hard to find anywhere else. I mean, I've done office jobs before teaching. Uh, when I was at uni, in between, you know, I was working in the off- in offices and sort in sales and stuff like that. And uh, I worked for like six months, and those jobs just don't give you the same level of fulfillment or enjoyment that teaching does. How do you know? How, how do you think you know when a lesson's gone well? I mean, is it is it something that's like you say, just the gut feeling, or is there something else going on here? Is there well, that's, something that's that the, the kids thing. tell I mean, you? Or? Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? I think we need to separate you feeling that a lesson has gone well and the actual learning that has taken place. So it could because... be unrequited love, almost, couldn't it? It could be that you <laughs> think it's gone well, but actually they think it's gone badly, or vice versa. They think they they are totally in love with what you've taught them, and you for you it's just day to day stuff. Martin, do you know what? I'm really appreciating your early kind of Valentine's Day um, references. It's right, honestly. You, this is great. Well done. I'm loving it. Uh, keep throwing them in. We need. Them. <laughs> well, you could um, answer it if you wanted to. <laughs> well, I'll try. Um, I think that. Um, as I said, I think it depends, like, yeah, I think there is an element of you can have, so for example, if you've got a class that you find particularly challenging and they they behave in the lesson, they get through the lesson, they don't disrupt each other in the lesson, but what you actually do with them in that lesson isn't exactly you know, what you envisage doing when you set out on your teaching journey, you know, like standing on the table like Robin Williams and teaching them Chaucer or something, you know, like you haven't reached the heights of what you envisage teaching would be. However, within that context, within that classroom, it is a lesson that's gone really well, but you're basing it on certain things like behavior, for example, you know, that doesn't reflect on how much the kids have learned. I mean, obviously there's a higher chance they're going to have learned if the behavior is good, obviously. But you can still get a buzz just from just from a lesson that you think within that context has gone gone well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it could be the the class who most misbehave. You've got so much adrenaline going on. <clears throat> the fact yeah. you got through it to the end, and it's it's always Friday, Friday period six or something like that, <clears throat> and you've got through to the end of that, and the fact you've managed that, I suppose the adrenaline can give you the feeling of love. The feeling that these things have gone well, yeah. I, I'm. I remember. My, I mean, to me, it's moments, light bulb moments with with kids when they they switch on suddenly, you know, and they they get it. And sometimes it takes a long time to get something. Some, you know, particularly really important um, breakthrough concepts, perhaps that once you've got it. You, you, it's a threshold concept. Perhaps it's that, a threshold concept. They've, they've got it. And not only the first time they get it, they don't quite get it. And mm. then the second time they get it, they're nearly there, you know. And then the third time, perhaps, it's always the rule of three. They, they suddenly break through and now they really, really understand. And that, that sort of slow growth and moment. And it happened once to me in an Ofsted lesson, funnily enough, I had Ofsted in. And I think it was year 12 I was teaching and I was teaching about the theatre of cruelty, which, look, I mean, that that in itself could take ages to talk about. But suddenly this girl really, really got it. And this is the first time ever she had managed to discuss it in any detail whatsoever. And I remember that moment to this day, and it must be about 15 years ago. And um, I think that's one of, because also the moment has, had to be there because it was an Ofsted lesson as well. 
So there were lots of people sat there. There was an Ofsted mm-hmm. inspector. I had a senior manager in there. I had, um, I think, an Ofsted inspector inspecting the Ofsted inspector as well. <laughs> so it was uh, quite a <clears throat> quite a number of people <laughs> who, who saw this moment. So I think perhaps that that helped it. So anyone else out there, moments of teaching that you love the most or moments in the classroom you most cherish or generally what do you most love about teaching well i think noreen's got a hand up martin <coughs> so we can ask her what she what she wants to say if she wants to say something go on noreen hi 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 martin hi tom hi everyone um i was just listening to what uh, martin said about getting it is those light bulb moments or or when the penny drops which which uh, you know my teaching days of of uh, in the past now but that those are the ones which i like i really loved um the last one ever was while i was uh, i had stopped teaching and i was just covering somebody else's lesson i think it was year nine and it was a chemistry lesson so the teacher had set work so i just handed that out and i sat on my desk and then uh, somebody said miss we can't really understand this so i had a look and it was uh, bal- balancing uh, chemical equations so I said, okay, let's let's try and do it. So I spent the whole lesson explaining balancing equations, and and they got it, and that made me feel so so proud of myself. That because I'm not a chemistry teacher, my you know, it's my I'm a biologist and a geneticist, but to be able to explain um, balancing a chemical equation and for them to get it uh, made me really happy. So out out of your 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 safe domain so to speak you're you're taking the risk and uh <laughs> managing to get that across but science is all the same isn't it i mean once you teach one science you can teach them all can't you oh, well i mean obviously i had studied uh, chemistry but um in fact i've studied chemistry up to undergraduate level but uh, that now you're more... boasting Noreen. <laughs> yes I, uh, no. that was uh, more about organic chemistry i hadn't done physical chemistry the balancing equations since when i had not since i did my o, o levels so it was going back either trying to trying to um, remember how i learned it and how what what are the various tricks and how do you go about explaining something so although, although i knew it i was trying to to think to myself, can I do I know enough to be able to explain it to somebody who doesn't understand it? And the fact yeah. that I did yeah. made me really happy. <laughs> and it's it's quite a chemical moment, isn't it? I mean, it, this is all about chemistry, isn't it? Is, is chemistry perhaps the most romantic of all subjects? Putting things oh, together yeah. and making other things. Martin, oh, you've I'm... also got sorry, sorry to interrupt. You've also got another two people coming in uh, to to kind of talk to you. You've got Ian first. Hey, Ian, can you hear us? Uh, hi there. Morning. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you. Yourself? Uh, uh, I'm fine, thank you. Tell me a bit about yourself. Who are you, and where are you from? Uh, uh, so my name is Ian. I'm a deputy head in uh, uh, the valleys in South Wales. Um, good grief! So, uh, yeah, is this, you're bringing in from a break. foreign country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you on yeah. half term? Facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School, and ARC schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn. U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot U-K. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, 
You'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. Selves, I think that's such a success because that's what we want is passionate children. They want to find their passion and he is a bookworm now, you know, compared to two years ago where he was terrified of reading. He absolutely loves it now. Yeah, that's an interesting point there, isn't it? It's it's um, when a, a child finds the teacher that, I'm going to use the word advisedly here, they love, but they, they love the subject through the teacher, can really inspire them and and make them move. But I'm going to be a bit controversial here. I wonder if any of the foundations that the teacher laid that the that your son didn't get on with or didn't like, I just wonder if any of those foundations helped that moment when they found the teacher through which they had the breakthrough. What do you think to that? Possible? Very, very could be possible. Um, I don't think he would view it like that. He's very, no. very <laughs> honest. My son is very, very blunt. Um, and uh, I mean, we, uh, in a way, because we went into lockdown halfway through when he was in year one. So I think it's difficult to know. But certainly for myself, I learned as a teacher a lot about that. And I really reflected myself on how we speak to these children who've had trauma in their life and 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 things like that and, and what a difference we can make to them um i am a firm believer that i know some people believe that trauma makes people strong and i'm a firm believer that it does not i think it's the work after you do that made him strong and i think this is where that teacher really was that the teacher I had last year was great at it he he supported my son to help him get over that trauma um and it's, has it's that child's life forever it's certainly an interesting one. I just wonder, the, I mean, the whole world has gone through a trauma of, of the pandemic, of course. And I just wonder if the generation that come out of this will be stronger because of it, because in that sense, they have shared a trauma together and perhaps it gives them a, um, a root, an identity through which they can be the COVID generation, if you like. But rather than see it as a bad thing, perhaps it's a positive. Maybe. Maybe. I think it's the work we do now, isn't it? Particularly as educators, it's it's uh, I think the, the pandemic itself <clears throat> may n- not necessarily have the impact, but it's what we do with the experience and what we yeah. learn from it, I think, is going to be massive now. Um, I know we've got a very big role in society to play in that. Yeah. Yeah. And and back in in South Wales, when you get back to school after your week off with the project and your half term holiday, I hope you'll be refreshed and ready to help the children of Wales build up. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure you Thank will. you. And it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you yes. so much. Who next have we got out there? It's Paul. Paul, do you want to unmute yourself? Hello, Paul. Do Good morning, tell me, everyone. Where, where are you from? I'm in Paisley, uh, a small town just outside Glasgow, so sort of greater Glasgow region. Paul, it's um, lovely to talk to you, and I'm interested in, I'm, I'm attracting the Celts, I seem to be, yes. from, from Wales to Scotland now. Oh, well, that, that, that's where it's at, Martin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> from from the, extremes, t- the extremes of our, our islands. I'm, I'm actually, me. I'm dobbing myself in, in wood just now and die, just to get prepared for this, you know. But, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I was interested because um, we recently ran an event a few years ago in our school, one of these pedigree events. And because I'd organised it, it was like, could you give a, a starting speech? And it was like, well, what do I say to lots of highly experienced teachers? And after it, uh, I'd written a few things down uh, that, that struck me. And one of the words that kept coming out was I kept talking about the, the nobility of the profession. It's such a noble profession. I mean, we're, we're sort of trying to use the past uh, to inform the present uh, so that we can shape the future. He, he says, reading off what he wrote down before he came in here, you know. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think that's what I'm doing. And... And it made me sit back and think, why did I become a teacher? When you, you asked that question earlier on, and um, I was sitting thinking, well, when I went to university, the last thing in my mind was becoming a teacher because it was like, I'm just out of school, leave me alone. That was horrific. That wasn't really, but it was that sort of mentality. But uh, similar to Tom, I did quite a few jobs during my university time and just before and just after, you know, sales, warehousing. Uh, my favourite job was being a concrete technician, which is a whole other story. Um, and even did some educational research and 
for most of the jobs, I was bored senseless. You know, it was like doing the same thing over and over again. And it suddenly dawned on me that um, teaching was something which had, you know, a, a degree of autonomy. I'm not sure if we've got the same amount now. There was unpredictability, yeah. challenge. And then there was there was probably the ego side, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to prove I can do this. A lot of people can't do it. And uh, there was a sort of political dimension, which I'm not going to go into too much, but it was to look for a bit of stability in an era where everything seemed to be shutting down. So that was the, the sort of mid-80s. Um, so, so, so all these things sort of cut in. And But when I spoke to the Pedigree event, I, I spoke about the nobility of everyone in that room is in some sort of small way or larger ways trying to progress individuals, groups and societies. And it's almost like the opposite. If you go hill walking, if you go camping, where you have to leave no trace behind you're wanting to leave something behind, which hopefully, and it doesn't seem to be working, you know, for maybe in this decade, that society will be better by the time you leave, because it's, 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 it's an optimistic profession, and it's idealistic, I hope, and but the, I just kept coming back to this word of nobility, there's a lot of sacrifice involved in teaching, that that wasn't my prime motivator when I went in, and it's still something which I, I, that, that rankles with me, the, the amount of sacrifice which is expected. Um, and so, but but this this idea of you're actually trying to do something good, you know, which is beyond just the self. And Paul, what do you teach? Chemistry. So, so another a, another chemist, you see, this, this is becoming oh, no, no, a, no, no, a no. bit of a theme: chemistry and and love and uh, nobility and sacrifice. Tell me. Yeah. So you you think that chemistry teaching sort of has a certain level of nobility about it? <laughs> I was actually trained as a biologist in chemistry in my second subject, but the way the employment works... Is biology more, is, more noble than chemistry, then, perhaps? Um, I, I don't think, <laughs> I think... I think science, the sciences have got their own language, and I'm not sure we try to remove nobility and emotion from a lot of it. Although, bizarrely, and I don't really want to go deeper into this, one of the principles in chemistry which I apply to my personal life is... And I'll, I'll leave it hanging there for you to find out yourself. Le Chatelier's principle. Say it again. Uh, say it again. Le Chatelier. Uh, you see, it's, it's, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Can you? Yeah, but, but it's all about equilibrium. And if you if you push people to go one way, they'll push back. Okay. Um, and it's into. I'll, I'll send you something on it. It's always fascinated me because I, I think I see patterns like that in society. You know how we swing from one party to the next and. Um, how across the world, you know, things which you thought you'd, you'd put into a, a, a Hessian sack and filled it with bricks and thrown it in the middle of the Atlantic, like, like extreme right-wing fascism almost is sort of coming back. And um, it's well, just, I, Paul, you you are you are going across here. I t tell you, so we, we moved into fascism as well from ripples in a yeah. sack. Do, do yeah. you, I, I quite like the idea of ripples, though. Let's let's, yeah. let's explore that a bit. Um, if if a teacher throws something into the centre of a classroom, let's say a thought, rather yes. than a sack of um, potatoes or rocks mm -hmm. or anything, but a thought, perhaps, do you think the ripples that come out from that um, are, are what remains of the teacher after they've left that classroom or gone to the big classroom in the sky, perhaps? Um, those ripples, what are they potentially yeah. positive? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they can be harmful as well, unintended consequences. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's certainly times where I've said or acted in a certain way and, and you're you're totally unaware and then later on someone will mention something to you or a pupil will say, well, that really hurt me, sir, because, and you go, wow, I never thought of it that way. So you've got to be aware that um, you're not, you're very often not the wisest person in the, in the room, uh, but you can be the most influential. But what's interesting, I've been teaching 34 years and, uh, what's been interesting in the last five or six years is the people reaching out to me from decades ago, you know, and uh, I, I, you, know, you get social media requests to be friends, and I say to my wife, oh, no, no, it's a, a former pupil girl, so I don't do things like that, and, and my wife said one night, when did you teach? And I said, well, 1993. <laughs> I think you'll be safe now, so we said hello, and it was actually, it was one of these, this sounds, it is egotistical, it was like, do you remember the time when you did this for me, sir? And I'm going, oh, my God, that, that was such a small act on my behalf, and yet this girl had been thinking about it for almost 30 years, about the impact it had on her life. It was just getting her into a class when everybody said, oh, she can't do higher chemistry. And I'm sitting there going, yes, she can. Um, and she'd been pretty ill for about two or three months before exams, hadn't done well. And I'm saying, no, she's got the ability. And I fought and fought and fought and got her into the class and she passed. And she says, I'm now in a career where I had to have my higher chemistry. And thank you very much. And it's just wee anecdotes like that that make you sit up and think, God, 
that's something which I wouldn't really think about years down yeah. the line. But to that person, it was absolutely central to where they are now. You know, it wasn't by design. I think that's quite interesting. I was at a wedding a few years ago and um, someone came up to me and said, sir, and I went, sort of looked in a, in a horrified way at this grown man in front of me. And he said, do you remember me? And I said, no. And then sort of looked at him in a sort of closer way and sort of examined the features, so to speak, and sort of said, well, maybe did I used to teach you? And he said, yes. And you taught me the most important lesson of my life. Wow. And I thought, my goodness, no, this is, you know, what extraordinary philosophy did I, <laughs> did I extol in the middle of this class or whatever? And he said, no, it was, um, yeah, it was year 10, I think it was, and um, I had to, to hand in an essay, and I hadn't got it with me, and I told you I'd left it at home. Mm -hmm. And you said, okay, let's go and get it then. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you took me up to your car after the lesson. You made sure I, would, I remained behind. Took mm -hmm. me up to your car. And you probably couldn't do this nowadays, mind you. Um, got me in the car, took me sort of halfway towards my house. And then I said, sir, could you stop, please? Um, I haven't really done my essay. <laughs> and you taught me then never to lie <laughs> about such things that I had done the work or not done the work and things like that. And it's a lesson that I've remembered for the rest of my life, have taught my kids and also have used in my work. Um, and that is to never lie about important things. And that, that's extraordinary, isn't it? Well, I, 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 I'm going to um, surrender the microphone in a second, but I've got one final anecdote which only happened last week, which was you know, about how do you build good relations. And I, and I went to Halfords. There are other auto shops available, I believe. But, <laughs> and um, we were all masked up. And this boy who had taught in 2011, hello, sir, very similar to you. Hello, sir, how are you doing? Do you remember me? And it's, it's that horrific moment of, I think I do. And I said, you need to tell me your name, but I can't recognise with the mask. He told me his name. He said, absolutely. But the short version is after a big, long chat, and uh, I was delighted how well he'd done. He said, now, sir, you were a good guy, so you're getting staff discount. <laughs> so teaching, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about getting 10% off at Halfords. How about that for ending? I think, Thank I you, think Martin. Those, those, those sorts of points, Paul, are exactly the important ones, really. Do we get discounts in shops when um, pupils go into certain professions? And, and perhaps we should encourage every pupil we teach who we like and they like us to go into teaching. No, not into teaching. Sorry, to go into shop work rather than teaching. Yes. And uh, perhaps we or perhaps um, estate agency or banking, all these possible places where... <laughs> where we could do quite well out of them. Paul, it's been an absolute delight to speak to you. Um, Thank you. And uh, good, to, good to bring the nation together, so to speak, from Scotland <laughs> and from Wales now. We have had um, a good start to the chats today. And also Noreen, of course, we mustn't forget Noreen, who I believe is speaking from closer to me in London. So we're asking today, what do you love about teaching? Um, and what do you love teaching the most, perhaps? Perhaps it's a subject, perhaps it's a topic within a subject. We're also asking what moment in the classroom do you most cherish from perhaps the past? Do you remember something that occurred when you were teaching a class and uh, this has stayed with you for a very, very long time? Or something a bit more fruity? Staff room romances. Have you been involved in one? Or do you know of one? Now, obviously, that one could get us into all sorts of trouble. So only only nice stories, please, for that one. <laughs> only nice stories, not, not, not dubious ones. So anyone out there who's got any stories to tell, please get in touch. This is obviously a Valentine's Day special. Take independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls' School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, 
uplearn.co.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. I did go back to the classroom as, as a bit, well, basically I thought this was a great opportunity to do a bit of virtue signalling on Twitter. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd put myself out there and say, um, I am ready to go back into the classroom due to COVID absences, you know, and, and to do my bit and I, I won't ask for any money for it. And, and, and thought, you know, got hundreds of likes on that. So I thought that that went very well. But unfortunately, some schools actually took me seriously and took me up on the offer. And so I did find myself back in the classroom. Yes. Um, teaching. And uh, how was that? How, how, how did you find that? I mean, what, tell me about that. Was that like? Well, again, it's an, an, the adrenaline thing of it, of course, is great. So when you go in there on a one off lesson, and you can do your best lesson, you know, um, then it's very good. When you, I, I did find myself teaching uh, French, though, which, which is, I, I've got a CSE grade three in French, if, you, if, if that makes any sense to anyone out there. And um, I did, and that was a Friday afternoon, year nine class, last thing on a Friday afternoon in a school in Croydon mm. and in South London, for those who know Croydon. And, um, we kind of got on okay. We kind of got on okay, but then it got about halfway through the class. Oh, I'd said "asseyez-vous," by the way, which is about all I remember from French, um, <laughs> which means "sit down." For those who don't know, so they they were they were quite moderately impressed by that at the beginning. But I got them to sit in silence and do their work, and then we got to about halfway through, and they, you could tell that things were starting to go awry with um slight requests to go to toilet and um i've got oh, no. something in my eye sir can i go out and get it out but, you know things like that and, mm-hmm. or i've got this medicine i haven't got my medicine card with me <laughs> to be allowed out of class but and you could see that things yeah. were starting to fall apart so i said look yeah. i'm going to level with you here now children um that it's last thing on a friday and obviously it's a cover class and this was their third cover teacher in a row yeah. So it's not ideal. Absolutely not ideal. And none of us were French specialists, apparently. Um, so, yeah, that's I, not easy. Lev- I think that's that's an experience mirrored for a lot of kids around the yeah. country. I think. They've had, you know, in my last gig, um, I remember speaking to a few kids during form time and they said they'd only seen one teacher. It was a Friday and they'd only seen one teacher that week who was their actual teacher so far. Yeah, and that's uh, it, you know, and it's it, it's a dreadful thing. So so my virtue signaling is probably a good idea <laughs> for the kids, really. But like I said, you know, I, I gave, so we, we leveled with them. I gave them five minutes of chatting and then said, look, you can do this for five-minute break, have a good chat with each other, and then back to work for the final half hour of the class. It was double French, you see. And um, we did that, and they, they stayed with it pretty, pretty well. Um, and then I them a story at the end of the lesson about my French cover teacher when I was at school, and um, that that uh, seemed to break through to them 
quite interesting story. But I might I might leave that till the end of this session, perhaps, and I can tell people about my French cover teacher when I was at school because it's it's quite a tale, it's quite a story. It's well worth listening to. So stick with it, and you you might hear that. Is anyone out there got anything? We've got we've got Sobia now, Martin, who's called in. Uh, Who? So we'll see what Sobia has to say. Sobia, you there? Oh, I've not called in, but I'll, <laughs> I'll have a go. Oh. <laughs> I, think it was I think it was accidentally when I logged in. <laughs> Sophie, that's really good to hear because accidentally <laughs> I'm now going to talk to you and I'm very pleased to hear you accidentally because it's... Um, <laughs> It's it's the pressure's on you now, I think, really. Right. You've, you've, you've thrown yourself into this. Where are you from? Sophie? I'm in London. You're in London. Whereabouts? Um, so I'm in Walthamstow. Walthamstow. Yeah. Ah, well, I, I love Walthamstow. The village. <laughs> Walthamstow village. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're in you're in the village pub uh yeah the Wolfenstow village is just near the corner around the corner from me so yeah you know it quite well then i see i do i used to live there i love it i love it <laughs> what a small world martin <laughs> <laughs> anyway tell me what what are you phoning in about against your will <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm not i actually uh just logged in so i wasn't sure what you were talking about but i did hear your earlier section where you're talking about where you were talking about um what do you enjoy about teaching what gave you your love for your teaching um, that's what we're talking yeah about. so there was one teacher that i had his name was kit thomas and he was an english teacher and he was absolutely spectacular he always put on a performance and it wasn't um it wasn't an over-the-top performance but there was this charisma and this way that he used to stand in front of the classroom he had real presence and I still remember it till this day and I think some of my best learning came from him because he really did challenge us and stretch us within those lessons and we always left thinking more about things so I remember him teaching us things like Pygmalion and educating Rita and I got in contact with him just a while ago this is 20 years later and I'm not joking. He's become a he's become a vice president of a university in Malaysia. He was that good. You know, I was very impressed with him. And um, he responded to an email after 20 years. It was really amazing. Um, you know, I got in contact and uh, till this day, I still remember him. And the fact that he emailed me back made my day because I just thought 20 years later, who who even responds to your emails anymore? <laughs> you know? I know it's 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 lovely to hear um, from an ex pupil, and whether it be from an email or, like I say, being stopped at a wedding and someone saying, "Hey, remember me," or, or whatever it happens to be. But I don't, you know, he's obviously a good teacher because he ends up as the vice president of a university in Malaysia. It sort of make puts the rest of us to shame, really. <laughs> myself martin i you know i had some good role models like i had some great teachers and when i look at myself I, I still kick myself because i don't think i can get to their standard because they were just so good but for me what what was important not the fact that it was just about the academic but the fact that he still remembered that relationship and i think that's what's so key that you remember your relationships even after you've moved forward. Uh, and for that, to me, it was a big deal. So, yeah, I, I've got a lot of respect for the band. And do you teach yourself still? Um, yes, I am teaching. I'm secondary and sixth form, currently in a secondary, uh, computer science and business. Uh, I'm and head of business right now. Business. Yeah, I went, yeah. <laughs> I went into business instead. So, yeah, I've been doing that for 17 years now. What do you love about teaching business? So for me, um, I like the practical elements of business. I mean, I, I really enjoyed computer science when I was at university, but I didn't enjoy going into detail, for example, programming. Um, as much as I enjoyed it, it, it wasn't something that I wanted to go into in the future. And so my business studies side of it was where I found most of my enjoyment. Um, and it's just about how the business world works, really. Uh, I really like working with certain types of people, forming relationships, um, being able to negotiate, 
there's all sorts of different skills and techniques that come within business studies uh, and business management and strategic thinking. That's the kind of things that I enjoy. Um, and when I'm teaching that to my students, they really enjoy it. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of students in schools these days think that business studies is just becoming an entrepreneur. But there's so much more to it than that. So there's lots in, involved. Um, and yeah, I have fun. It's interesting because there's, there's a connection here with, with drama as well. So you're saying about business studies there. But so the kids would say to me, why aren't you an actor? Or have you ever been a director or something? What, you know, why aren't you famous and things like that? You know, why, why have you ended up teaching it and not doing it? And the same perhaps for business studies. Does that, is that something that some kids might say? Yeah, um, they do say that, but... Um... I've kind of gotten around it now that I work for Teachers Talk Radio because I say that that's like my mini business when I'm doing my ah, radio well show. <laughs> so I've kind of shown them and proven to them that I can do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see where you're coming from because a lot of students do turn around and say to you, well, why didn't you go into the industry that you went into? Um, and the honest truth is that I think a lot of teachers have got very good skills and they could have gone into the industries that they were passionate about. But I think for me, it was all about teaching because I remember I used to work for an organisation before I came into education. And I remember sitting in my office one day and uh, there was just this calling um, and I can remember it specifically, it was just a tug at the heartstrings that made me realise that actually I couldn't do a nine to five and sitting in, in an office all day. I needed something a bit more more than that. And for me, so it was a very personal decision. So I'm glad I did it. I've been here 17 years now. So and you do, you love the, do you love the hours of teaching then? The, the, the more than nine to five? <laughs> Um, uh, when I first started, I was very passionate, Martin, but I have to admit, over the last couple of years, it has become a struggle. Um, and I think part of the reason why it's become more of a struggle is because I'm in middle leadership now and I have got some senior leadership responsibilities as well. So I think it does become more, more and more difficult the higher up you go. Um, I think there needs to be some sort of workload um, something that needs to be looked into regarding workloads. And I, I think that comes down to systems in schools. Um, and I think the top-down approach doesn't always work. So I think it's something that, you know, policymakers and people within schools need to look at and work together, really. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting point. I just wondered if, if Elon Musk or, or somebody, <laughs> or, or, or Richard Branson or, or somebody of that ilk would make a very good teacher. What do you reckon? I'm not sure because obviously there's this big hoo-ha about people saying that um, you should leave people to stay in their own lanes. So business people should stay in their own lanes and educators should stay in their own lanes as well because they're completely two different paths. I do think that they're, they're I think... I think in order for education to improve, I think there has to be a real united front between um, uh, the corporate sector, um, education... Um, and government is the only way I think education will be able to improve, to be quite honest. Mm, interesting. Do you, do you study trades unions at all in business studies? <laughs> Martin, you've been checking out my profile. <laughs> Um, uh, no, I don't. Well, we study trade unions. Yeah, we do. And I have been a trade union rep as well. So did you find any conflict? <laughs> Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on, the bosses <laughs> or the workers? <laughs> your questions are making me laugh Martin. i'm loving your questions i'm not gonna uh yeah i'm not gonna go into too much detail martin but it has been fun talking to you this morning <laughs> it's been lovely talking to you too and um you know, it's an interesting point isn't it when we when we teach a subject that um, can be controversial, whether it be sociology or politics or, or business studies, whatever it happens to be, <clears throat> how we how we represent the arguments that are out there. And it's something that the Education Secretary for England has been talking about recently, um, talking about um, perhaps classes shouldn't be writing rude letters to Boris Johnson about his parties, for example. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. It's it's a, it's an interesting one. How do, how do you deal with the controversies of business studies? 
Well, obviously, there's a lot of politics in business studies, so I have to address that. Um, with with my classes, though, I, I have to be honest, I do follow uh, professional standards. So when it comes to politics, um, I keep it simple and I try not to give my opinion about what I think. Um, and the kids seem to be OK with that. And there are there are times when students want to discuss it with me um, and I give them both sides I give them both points of view because I don't think it's fair for me to give one-sided accounts to anyone. Yeah, it's a, it's. A, I wonder what business studies would look like in China, for example. That would be, <laughs> that would be <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps that's something. Perhaps we've got Chinese listeners out there at this very minute. Perhaps, perhaps not. I don't know. Um, but it'd be inter- interesting to hear from anyone who's got any opinion, perhaps on. Like a saying, what do you love most about teaching? Or what do you love teaching? What do you love teaching the most? Or what moment in the classroom do you most cherish from the past? Or do you know any staff room romances that you've perhaps been involved in or you know others? And again, with that one, we've got, uh, we, interestingly, no responses at all on that one. <laughs> at the moment, and I can't think why. Or something there, I think there's a, there's a chap called Phil Beadle. I, I seem to remember saying that he loves marking. Is there anything particularly about um, <laughs> things you've loved doing? Um, perhaps uh, that um, the the love of marking. Why? Why it's an act of love? I think rather than marking as an act of love. So, is there anything you do in teaching that that is that is itself a a, a type of love, a type of love? That, that teaching itself, the vocation of teaching is, is showing that you you love, you know, in, in the in the broader aspects of the word, you love a subject or you love children or you love teaching. And that's why it's a calling to you or anything like that. Anyone out there? I, I see. You've some got, Joe, got Joe as the speaker, Martin. I don't know. If Joe. You've seen that. But yeah, Joe's there. Hello, Joe. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's fine. It's fine, Joe. Tell me, where are you from? Uh, London. Or sort Whereabouts? Of London, London's a big place. London. Like, Whereabouts? Um, uh, yeah, just it, just south of London, New Malden, Surrey. New, oh, sorry, that's not London. Uh, it's Greater London. Okay, I'll give you that then. I, I'm talking from South River as well, mate. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> tell me, what do you teach? I am a uh, primary school music teacher and computing teacher. Fantastic to hear. And 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 uh, are you a dying breed, or is there lots of you out there, specialist music teachers in primary? I I, I don't know. I think I think it varies from school to school. Um, but I there are agencies out there that specifically provide those to schools. Um, but yeah, I. I, 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 don't, I don't know how it compares to the past or anything because okay. I'm, I'm a lot less experienced than other people. Like I, my, my teaching experience is five years. Five years? You're, you're, you're almost wet behind the ears. No, for five years, I think it's quite a long time nowadays, isn't it? Um, well, yeah, I guess if you've got lots of people that, you know, have quit, you know, <laughs> because they're unsatisfied with the job. But I'm, I'm quite lucky that... I fat I my school is weird. It's a very progressive school. Like ev- we've got sixty pupils. Everything takes place outdoors. We've got three acres of national trust land, and uh, good grief, we build. We're very much like a full time forest school almost. Can I, build- can I stop you right there? I just want to get this clear. Everything takes place outside of school. Outside of so, what's the point of the school if everything takes place? Have you got a building? We we do, but we barely use it. Only when it's raining. Um, no, when it's raining, we 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 deal with it. So there could be an indoor school going. You know, if if, if someone wants a school, there's an indoor school waiting in the middle of three acres of um, national trust land. This sounds fantastic. Look, tell me. Um, if the weather was extreme, then we would go indoors. But generally, if it's just like a light shower, we've got, we've got waterproofs on. We just deal with it. Blimey. Blimey already. So what do you love teaching the most in this school? Is music or the being outdoorsness of it or, or both those things together? Um, well, I, I just think in, in general, really, I, I, I think it's... Um, 
it's great. It's great, you know, that in, in a, I suppose I love my teaching, but also what I love is that, you know, in other schools, it might be considered unprofessional for you to engage with the children in their play, you know, but you're not in this school. In this school, you know, if I'm running around and the kids are chasing me or, um, or I'm playing games with them in that sense, so on their terms, that's something that, you know, the deputy head does as well. So it's um, yeah, that's something that's considered normal for us, which is which is really good. So it's I do like, like you, you made it sound. I don't know if you remember the first Austin Powers movie. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen that the opening of the first Austin Powers movie, where it's this sort of idyllic '60s London is sort of created and or recreated, obviously with with all the exaggerations involved in that because it's an Austin Powers movie. But um, one of that is is Austin Powers being chased everywhere. And you've given me the sort of feeling, well, perhaps even Benny Hill. Perhaps we can mm-hmm. put the Benny Hill music on when you're being chased by children around the school. Now, some people look at this cynically and say, but what are you teaching them? Are you teaching them music when they're te- chasing you around the, the, we, the, we the grounds actually, of the National Trust property? We do actually have structured lessons and... Um, um, so so it's not it's not all um not all chasing you a lot of our learning is project-based learning and play-based learning so we do set things up for the kids to access during their play but yeah like when they come in in the mornings and during free play and things um you know that we we do we do play games well i would argue that if they're if they're playing chase if they're playing chasing games if you know, don't, they don't always involve me, but when they, uh, even if they do, what they're actually learning is they're learning social skills, they're learning teamwork, they're learning cooperation, they're learning collaboration. That's what kids learn when they play with each other, and um, the value of that is often um, is often um, put aside for you know more academics and uh, exam results, and we don't do any of that. We're part of the Independent Schools Association, so we've said Ofsted. Um, Whoa! I, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know what the policy is on the F word there, but um, I, I'm sure you wouldn't say that in your classes, though, would you? No, of course not. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I mean, the people who have listened to my show know that um, I'm not a fan of Ofsted. They can do one. So <laughs> I can say that now because I'm part of a school that's not part of Ofsted. So, yeah, screw you, Ofsted. So if you, if you, you're, you're a fan of the, the government inspector. Do you, have you ever read the government inspector or seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, I recommend, I recommend that to you, a bit of... Um, a bit of Russian humour, perhaps, but uh, mm. and in this day and age, that's an interesting one in itself. But uh, yeah, Google or Goggle. Uh, have a look. Have a look. At, uh, I, I, uh, don't, I don't use Google. I use Ecosia. No, Goggle, the writer. Goggle, the writer. Yes, the, the G-O-L, which could, in fact, be an answer on Wordle, should it yeah. um, come up yeah. at some point see i don't use google i use ecosia because every time you search it raises money towards tree planting projects well, that, again that's, that's good. Every way. again that's good but remember it's goggle not google and uh that's that's the way forward with our with our russian playwrights anyway it's been, <laughs> it's been a joy a joy talking to you sir and um enjoy, when are you back in the classroom Oh, um, in, the, in the forest, should I say? <laughs> yes, I'm never in the classroom. I'm a, I'm on half term at the moment, so we've got um, Monday. Uh, I, I'm I'm off until next Monday, um, and then well. then it's back to making music outdoors again. And Do you uh, spend all, all your time stuff. indoors in your holidays. No, um, <laughs> just just <laughs> for the change. You know what I mean. But um, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if I'm catching up on a video game I haven't played yet and I want to play, then I might. You know, I'm a big gamer. Um, sometimes I use Minecraft in my lessons as well. Outdoor Minecraft. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have plugs outdoors to plug into? So each sockets. class sockets, not plugs, sockets. So each right. class has their own den which is like um 
it's kind of a um, a half indoor space. So that's that that's where displays are set up. That's where books and things are kept. It's um, but we've got rooms so that we can like have a fire pit in there and um, and make a fire if we if it's really cold and we want to have a fire around and um, but that's where that's where sort of most of like the morning meetings and um, sit okay. city type lessons like the core skills literacy and, and math are done. And you've got permission to do the fires, I should think. And also, you're not in the clean air zone of London in that case, so you're you're slightly out of London, like you said, out there in Surrey. <clears throat> it's lovely well, to talk to you. It's lovely. We to are surrounded. We are surrounded by trees, so you know, <laughs> fantastic. And it's like I say, you you obviously love your job and you love teaching outdoors. And like I say to people, if you need a school building, there seems to be one that's going going begging out in the it, countryside um, there in Surrey. <laughs> I mean, if people are interested in looking us up, we're called Liberty Woodland School. Liberty Woodland School. There's an advert yeah. as well. Thank you very much to you. Take care. Cheers. And so anyone else, anyone else has their stories to tell about what they love most about teaching. We're coming up to the final, the final furlong, I think, in this, this little uh, takeover, this little takeover that I've managed to do on Teacher Talk Radio by not doing Teacher Talk Radio, but finding myself out on something called Twitter Spaces, which I never knew existed until today. And isn't it fascinating Here we can do our own little uh, phone-ins and, and things like that? I used to remember phone-ins from when I was a child, my goodness, and listening to the wonderful Radio 1, and uh, I think it was Simon Bates or someone like that. Oh, no, that was a, that was, a, yeah, wasn't that a love story? You had it every time on Simon Bates' show. Sorry, I'm now rambling, rambling as a man in his, approaching his elderly years, who obviously remembers the past. Um, but do do um, there's loads of hands up. So who wants to speak next? Tom, do you want to bring someone in? I think there was. Um... Well, you can do it, Martin. You can do it. You can just tell them to speak. Well, people Nori... have put their hands down now, though. So well, Nori's got a hand it? up, I think. Oh, Nori. I don't even know how to do. Oh, there she goes. Hi. Um, so something which I loved about teaching. Um, one of my students who I taught um, when he was doing his master's, is now head of the department where I taught him. And he told me that uh, once when he was a student and I was teaching him, he was chatting a lot in the class. So I got him to move and sit somewhere else. And he remembers that and he sort of uses those techniques when he has disruptive students. So I, th I thought that was quite nice and worth mentioning. Well, uh, well I, I, I missed exactly what he was doing. What did you do? To, uh, he to, punish, was, to punish these reprobates? Did I, you, no, you, I, I didn't punish him. I sort of, well, I did punish him because I stopped him talking. I moved, I asked him to move his, uh, where he was sitting and brought him to the front of the, the, the lecture hall. <laughs> so, so we, we, we love, we love the, uh, the, the punishments that we used to have ourselves. Because <laughs> there's, the, my, <laughs> the story I had as well about the, the, child and the the essay that he hadn't done and now being moved around the classroom and remembering those things I, there are certain punishments i had when i was a child that i wouldn't wish on anyone which i didn't love at all i remember the, most clearly the the ruler across the knuckles and the training shoe that was called the slipper across the buttocks but there you go it never did me any harm of course <laughs> no, I, I've never had. I've, um, I mean, people get really surprised when I say that I was, um, you know, at my early education, my schooling was in the convent, but they were fabulous nuns, um, re really witty nuns. They they could um, say something, and and you know, you you'd wish that the the floor would open up and you'd sort of sing there or whatever. But uh, then, you know, there was no corporal punishment. No corporal punishment. Well, that's that's, that's almost a shame, Noreen, that you haven't shared in, <laughs> shared in the corporal punishment of my my youth um, in any way. Um, it's probably a good thing that that's gone. Perhaps we, one of the things we love about teaching is some of the old methods are no longer used, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, of course, um, what have they been replaced by? That, that could be 
something to to think about. Anyway, thank you, Noreen. Anyone else out there for the last three minutes? Who, who's our furthest away listener from from me? Perhaps I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here in South London. We've managed people from Scotland. We've had people from London. We've had people from Wales talk to us today. So anyone further afield, or, or perhaps in different countries, or, or be, I don't know, different planets, perhaps even you never know. Paul is in. Is listening from Nova Scotia, I think. Is he? Is he? Is 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 he indeed? Is he? Is he going to speak though, or do you want to force him to speak, Noreen? Well, I could try. Paul, would you like to speak to Martin? There's a great pause there. We only have two minutes left, Paul. If you're going to speak, we've got the topics. Are what do you love about teaching? What do you love teaching the most? What moment in the classroom, perhaps from your past, do you most cherish? And the one that no one's talked about today, staff room romances. So embarrassed are they about their, their staff room crushes that they daren't talk about it. And it's the love that dare not speak its name, of course, is a sort of a way of saying that the staff room romance should not be talked about in polite company. Um, has anyone got anything to say or do I have to um, leave it in the final minute of this <laughs> to me to ramble away into perhaps we can put some Barry White music on or something like that to to finish the theme off. Well, and I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that for you. But... You've got quite a deep voice there, Tom, so you, you could probably do Martin, a good Barry do, White impression. Martin, we do have some people who have texted in to talk about what you wanted to talk about. Oh, my goodness. Texts as well. And I've got a, a minute <laughs> left to, to look at texts. On that taboo subject... Oh, go on, tell me, what have they said? So David Oates has said, I regularly fall in love with cake in the staff room. Does that count? <laughs> cake? <laughs> well, that's absolutely allowed. Of course it is. It doesn't have to we... be... It doesn't have to be a person you fall in love with. And some people do want their cake and eat it, don't they? We also and have <laughs> Zoe. Um, Zoe says that she met Tim in 2010 when he interviewed her for her first ever teaching job and didn't give her the job. A few months later, another role came up and she got called back. In 2013, they got together and now they've been married for five and a half years. I like that. They got together as though that, that doesn't hide a huge story in itself. They just got together. You know, that, that could be... Um... That could be worth exploring in a whole new episode <laughs> of Teachers Love Stories. There you go. We've perhaps got Barbara Cartland. Now, I think. We could write a book, perhaps. Uh, this this could be the new edu book that, that everyone everyone buys. Um, instead of walkthroughs, how about love throughs or something? Love throughs <laughs> the classroom. I don't know. Something like We've got two more as well. Go on. Dora says, does it count if when you're at school, your head teacher was in love with the deputy and everyone suspected it, but it was only confirmed after they both retired and then suddenly emigrated together and we'd all oh. contributed to buying him a greenhouse he'd never use. Well, the greenhouse is quite a story in itself, but the, the that, that kind of sounds quite romantic, doesn't it? So we don't know, of course, what was going on before they retired, um, but was it, was it um, <laughs> completely chased? That relationship, I wonder. And and the final one, because we've got... We, the final we've got one is from my school. It predates me, but it's... Is a, it your um, story? It's not my story. It's okay. a story which predates my arrival at the school. Um, but given that everybody now knows about it, I'm more than happy to share it, which was the um, teacher of geography and the head of geography who had a whirlwind romance away from everybody else's eyes. The rest of the school only found out once they'd left and they posted on social media their baby bump. Oh, that's, that's for geographers, that's probably a whirlwind romance. You try I've got one that. as well. I've got one. Can I show one? Go on, Tom. Well, when I was in school, as in a student in school, I um, when I was, I think, 16 maybe, I created a illegal school newspaper called The Daily Bailey which was about a site which, so it had a picture of Mr. Bailey's head on the, on the top of the newspaper and it was called the daily Bailey. Um, and we used to sell it to like year sevens for like 20 P. Um, 
and the school found out and then I was in a lesson and on the front cover of this um, Daily Bailey, it was obviously in the days of printed paper, um, was Mr. Uh, well, I won't say his name, but Mr. X is retiring. Yes. Yeah. was like, and we basically, me and my mate, we just made it all up. And we used to go down to the newsagent on our way to school and photocopy it and then sell it. And um, it was all it was all just just conjecture. But anyway, it, a front page was like Mr. X is retiring. Now it just so ha- so it just so happened that Mr. X was well. People thought that Mr. X was in a relationship with Mrs. J, who was yes. the acting the acting principal of the school. So I was in a classroom, like just in my lesson, like and some and uh, I can't remember who knocked on the door, but somebody knocked on the door and said. Uh, is Tom Rogers here? Um, the head teacher would like to speak to him in her office. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going. <laughs> so uh, we went, so they took me to the office and I walked in and um, walked into in, into Mrs. J's office and Mrs. J was sat there and she basically like threw this Daily Bailey newspaper down in front of me and was like, what is this? And I was like, well, I just, yeah, it's just a bit of fun or whatever. I shouldn't have done it. And I'm sorry. And and she said, uh, Tom, would you like to read that story out for me Ooh. about about Mr. X retiring? So she made me pick it up and I started reading it to her, the story. Yeah. And I said, Mr. X is retiring this summer after 20 years in the school, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, Mr. X. Do you want to tell Tom if you're retiring and he'd been hidden behind the door when I walked in? <laughs> da, da, so, then, so then he walked from the back of the office, sat down next to her, and then um, they had this little conversation like, are you are you retiring? And then he went, no, I don't think so. I don't think I am. And Yeah, it just went like that. And then uh, they were like, if you want to publish another one of these, you've got to get our permission. <laughs> I thought I thought there was going to, there was going to be a romantic end to that story, but well, no, the, no, the romantic end is that Miss Mister uh, X and Mrs J uh, are still together, and but oh, they God, you see, I, but yeah, it was a bit bit naughty though. Because so think tabloid a, a tabloid journalist needs to get their facts right. <laughs> it was a tabloid rag, <laughs> the Daily Bailey. It was appalling stuff. We had like columns on there, like shop a bully, where kids could like text us in and say, "Oh, this kid's bullying us," and then we printed it all. Mm. It was it was hilarious. It was hilarious, but also something to be ashamed of. And now, of course, these things are all over various. uh, Instead of needing a newspaper, people can just tweet them out about teachers and things left, right, and centre. Our newspaper sales were about twelve. Twelve. You know, one pound twenty out of it, whereas. uh, you know, I was entrepreneurial yeah. as well. You actually sold it. It wasn't a free, a free. Shift. Oh no, it was twenty p. It was twenty p a copy. Well, yeah. you did, you did indeed say that. And twenty p in those days, I'm sure, yeah. it was a hell of a lot of money. It was. It was. You could buy a was. house for twenty p in those days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, anyway, that thank was my you story. so much, everyone, for listening to the little show today, the the Valentine's special, and we looked at what do you love about teaching. And what do you love teaching the most? And what moment in the classroom do you most cherish? Thank you for all the contributors, even those who texted in stuff, which I did had no idea that was going on out there somewhere in the Twitter sphere, perhaps, or the textosphere or whatever these things are called about staff room romances. It's funny that no one wanted to talk about those particular things, but they were happy to put print out there or, or words, words. They were happy to print words out there on the, uh, like I say, the Twitter sphere. Look, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking part. And thank you. And enjoy the rest of the love.